Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When the framers created the Republic, through the codification of the U.S. Constitution and soon after the Bill of Rights, they understood that the documents put the newly created government on notice that it had limitations and boundaries, that it was not the lord of the people, rather, the people were the lords of the government. But 232 years on, our rights are not so assumed. The federal government has overreached to a point where it is tantamount to despotic and bureaucratic devoid of true representation of its people. In the new Concept Action White Paper, Saving the Great American Experiment, now available on Kindle Vela, I explain how we can arrive at a place where the divided American people can begin to heal, a place where the intensity and the power of the divide serves not to destroy, but to rejuvenate the idea of a true union of states. Please go to undergroundusa.com and hover over Goodreads to access the direct link to the Kindle Vela store. Then share that link with family and friends. Let's defeat those who seek to conquer us through divide. We can become e pluribus unum again. And the solution found in saving the great American experiment is how. Welcome back to Underground USA. I'm your host, Frank Salvato. Be sure to check out everything we do over at undergroundusa.com. Sign up for the mail out so we have a direct line to you in case the Silicon overlords decide to breathe fire on us and melt our connection to you. Um, Marxism is on the march in the United States. There's just no way to, uh, to explain that away without that being the case. And someone who's got her pulse on, on what's happening on the street um, in boots on the ground in real time is Lauren Comel Morris. Uh, she is the CEO of the Centrist Project. Lauren, thanks for coming back on the podcast. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Frank. Before we get started on on some of the, I, I saw a social media post that you did. I absolutely loved the the premise of it. But before we get into that, please explain to the listeners what the Centrist Project is. Well, the Centrist Project is kind of a new. Um, metamorphosis, uh, if you, if you will, I'm a person who likes to, you know, constantly just have my trajectory moving forward and, and keep, you know, innovating and, and changing. And so the Centrist Project was basically offered to me um, by a tech friend of mine who is um, very accomplished and said, you know, let's, let's get you, you know, away from your blog a little bit more and onto something that is a little bit more, um, you know, community, community minded. And so we went back and forth for several months and we uh, decided to choose the centrist uh, project as a name for it. Um, I, I like the name very much and I very much do feel like I am 
a centrist. Um, some people say that, you know, have some negative things to say about it, but really it means being able to listen, which is what I do for a living and uh, being able to forge, uh, you know, dialogue in this radical world that we're facing. And so we have uh, more than a website, we call it an ecosystem and uh, we are building it uh, from the ground up and we focus on messaging and podcasting and education. So we are an educational and publishing 501c3. Beautiful, beautiful. Is there a place where people can go uh, that it's built out yet or is that uh, yet to come? It is. The website is up. It's called the centristproject.org. It's a very simple website built built for speed and, and, and messaging. And so basically the titles are out there and, but I am just now beginning to work on populating the content. We're looking for writers and uh, we're going to be doing video and just, just uh, content stuff, but we, we have leaned forward and the plane is off the ground. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now this, this post that you had, just hit on a very, very simple idea, but it was something that kind of sent a chill through my bone. Um, we were talking, it's kind of centered on on uh, the vaccination issues with, with COVID and the push to be vaccinated. And it brought up the idea of medical tyranny and a new type of segregation. Tell me a little bit about that concept. Well, in keeping with you know, centrism, I guess. I like to listen to um, many different sources. And there are a lot of physicians that are out there who are, um, you know, talking about about the vaccination. And we see this global push to be vaccinated. And, and my question is, why does there have to be a shot in every arm? Why? And, um, you know, I think medical tyranny is perfect to usher in more communism into this country, which, which is the goal. Um, when you look around you, you can definitely see, especially with young families and women that have children, they're absolutely frightened and paralyzed with fear, which is something that um, I think, you know, if you want to believe that um, COVID came from a lab and it's a bioweapon, and it was intended to um, hurt humanity for, for you know, political and financial reasons, then um, certainly you would be genius enough and smart enough to know how fear can be wielded as a very effective weapon. And then you see the progress of that moving into people uh, like, for instance, you know, let's say Fox News or CBS is on Facebook and they make a post about COVID. If you just look at the responses, you can definitely see without a doubt that the people who are vaccinated are demonizing the people who are unvaccinated, whether they realize that they're doing it or not. You know, if you are unvaccinated, you are the bad guy and you are, you know, literally a walking, you know, unabomber. You know, I, I've I've actually been bringing up the uh, been bringing up the point on a, on a on a couple other shows that I'm on. Um, I've had COVID. I, I I went through it and I survived it. I didn't get the vaccine. I I wasn't uh, 
treated in the hospital for it. I did it holistically and I came out just fine. And yeah. I've got, and I've got in my body now, because I've had it and fought it off, I've got a superior set of antibodies. So I don't necessarily have to get vaccinated, but they never talk about that when they're, when you're talking about this segregation, when you're talking about you're either vaccinated or you're not vaccinated. And, and they never talk about the people who have survived who have the natural antibodies. So isn't that like an entire demographic that they're either ignoring or pretending doesn't exist? Exactly. Um, I think they talked about it a little bit at first. And, uh, you know, if we look back at some of the things Fauci has said or some of the other things that actually made it into mainstream media, oh, yeah, you know, if you have the antibodies, you're, you're good. But that narrative has been buried now. And we're moving into a new wave where we've got this new variant. If you've been double vaccinated, you now need a booster. And really, the writing on the wall is that this is an enemy. This is an army. And they are after us. And they're going to continue to advance. You know, people tend to forget um, that these three vaccines that uh, that the powers that be are pushing and and aggressively so uh, they're still only under emergency approval by the FDA they haven't been through any of, of, of the major processes that the FDA usually demands for something that's going to end up being a usable vaccine so this move it's almost like they're rushing to get it done before some new news comes out about it yeah, I feel like that's the case exactly. And like, for instance, I was watching local Austin news yesterday, which is on a CBS affiliate, and they had a local healthcare professional on camera. And he actually said, there is so much we do not know about this vaccine. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, but put it in your arm and otherwise you're going to lose your job. <laughs> And I so on, I was talking to my husband and I said, OK, let's think of the most absurd thing and compare it to it. You know, like, OK, let's say you're going to go on a cruise. Well, we've got this experimental boat and we're going to let 5000 people on it, but we can't guarantee you it's going to st- it's going to stay floating. Yeah, we, we've, we've got just, an, we've got an experimental boat and, and we're going to indenture 5000 people to go onto it. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's, you know, and really the news out there is, is frightening. I mean, I think the shot is more frightening than the vaccine. I mean, than the, than the, the disease itself. And, and if you're any kind of person who is just, you know, a Darwinist, I guess you just, you know, they, it's a common cold or it's a flu or it's something like that. I mean, there is no way that we can control this. There's another point that people are, are, or not people, but the powers that be, the the big eye of Sauron or whatever. (laughs) Um, If if 50% of the people have had it, and and that's a number they like, a little over 50%, that's what they keep trying to to foist onto the American people and people of the world, actually. And 50% at least have been vaccinated. We shouldn't be worrying about this at all. Right. You know, but yet there's a this giant panic. It, they need to keep it into into the realm. I've I've seen now that uh, the teachers' unions in New York and Chicago are going to mandate masks even for people who've been vaccinated. They don't care. 
Yeah, it seems to be the only people that matter are the ones who are actually in the hospital and dying, which, by the way, is probably going to be or could be possibly a lot of people that are coming over the border who are not being uh, tested and they're going to take up our hospital beds, which is something that Todd Benzman, um, who's a border expert, you know, announced uh, on uh, mainstream media this week. It's a rest, it's a soup for disaster, but when you're when you're dealing with a virus that from the very get go had a had a ninety eight point plus survival rate, you know we we may, we really did handle this incorrectly. Uh, we we should have been protecting the vulnerable and allowing the healthy to establish the herd immunity and and moving forward and not destroying an economy. That's that's for damn sure. One of the biggest mouthpieces out there uh, that's dealing with uh, COVID and all of the other um, dog head-cocking news coming out of the White House is Jen Psaki. And you, in in a post, another post that you had, this is another thing that piqued my interest. You talked about her being a facilitator or, or, right. a, or a Marxist usher. Right. Uh, for a couple very important things. And one of the things that you touched on was the mass line. Right. The mass line is a, a Marxist 101 uh, concept, as is the dialectic, which is another which is another concept that has to do with language and the changing of language, you know, and um, the change of, of of different words like going from illegal alien to undocumented uh, migrant or whatever. Uh, and, you know, but the dialectic is, is very important, uh, in, in Marxism and, um, to soften, soften the public. Um, I think very much that Jen Psaki is definitely the official, you know, she is the usher. I mean, she's, she's the press secretary. And so she um, is speaking to the press every day and giving them, giving them these these narratives. She's in perfect position uh, politically to usher in communism um, through the dialectic and through the changes in policies uh, for this country. And when you listen to her very very carefully, which I think a lot of the right wing media, conservative media, are doing, they can clearly see. Without, you know, coming out and saying this is a dialectic tactic or this is a mass line tactic or she's the usher. I mean, you're not seeing these these titles come out, but they're basically describing those those very things. And the mass line is um, a a political um, tactic and and a philosophy and a movement and all of those things to move the population forward in incremental steps towards Marxism and, and essentially is to change, to change the hearts and minds, you know, of, of the people to move them towards Marxism. And then because eventually what is going to happen, like we saw with uh, Venezuela, and I think what we are going to experience with Peru is the hammer comes after that. And that's when you have the loss of property and the loss of businesses and and the people being driven in driven into poverty. But the mass line that we're seeing 
um, is facilitated through these social justice warrior groups, uh, the democratic socialists, these liberation coalition groups that are aligned with the CCP, and they go on and on and on and on. And you can even see it in 501c3s who come out and explain themselves as humanitarian groups Um, social justice groups, and they have this really nice flowery language. And then the deeper you go into it, which you really don't have to go into it that far, like we found out easily with Black Lives Matter, here comes the hammer. And that is the enforcement of the policy. A a good example of of, um, an execution of of the mass line would be how they went about, and this just goes to prove that it's been around ever since um progressives before they came out as overtly marxist um right the ever-changing name of planned parenthood they were throwing eugenics out there full bore and because yeah. people were pulling back from it because of the way society was at the t- turn of the 21st they had to play around with well we can't name it that we can't name it let's name it planned parenthood that's innocuous enough for what we're doing so isn't that a, isn't that an example of of a morphing title that softens it for the people to be able to accept something. It sure, it sure could be. Remember when Bush senior said, we want a kind, kinder, gentler nation. Mm -hmm. And then how that transcended what I remember is there was this big movement of, Oh, let's not say anything negative. Let's just be positive. I just want positivity around me all the time. Well, you know, (laughs) that's a, that kept that kept people from having real conversations when we went into this let's not offend anybody um, era. You know, you can't have a conversation with people now without offending them. So therefore, you can't talk about subjects and topics that that really matter. Yeah, I keep trying to keep trying to explain that there is nothing in the Constitution that guarantees you life uh, without without being offended. You're, you're not guaranteed not to be offended. So that's not a premise for going forward and saying that you have harmed me. Grow a skin, get over it, try to find some common ground or disengage from society and go back into your little cubicle. But you have no guarantee not to be offended in the United States. And so then in the universities, which is something that I watched at UT, that eventually someone uh, put a stop to it. Uh, through the uh, women's and, and gender studies, which, as Dr. Jordan Peterson says, used to be humanities until it was utterly destroyed, they set up these little Stasi-esque um, communities where you would have people that would go around and they would pinpoint people who were right wing or Christian or therefore offensive. And, and then they had the whole pronoun thing come in and they had all this you know, um, hammer to get people to um, demonize other people while holding their own accountable for this type of shift towards Marxist thinking. And they got very aggressive with it here in Austin, very aggressive. Another thing that was in that post um, that you that you put down that sparked my interest because we're having a, a pretty big issue with uh, an aggressive China today. Uh, they they believe it's their time. They're they're moving forward. 
uh, at a pass at a fast clip. And they told the Biden administration in no uncertain terms when they met in Alaska at the very beginning of the administration that they don't believe they're talking to an equal anymore, that they're talking to somebody who's subjugated and inferior. Um, you talked about the most popular form of communism in the United States being Maoism. Yeah, it is definitely. And when you when you do research and you look around at the groups that are aligned directly with the CCP, they're definitely Maoists. And you have a lot of Red Guards out there, you know, Red Guards in Portland and Red Guards in, uh, you know, Austin. And um, they definitely like the uh, Maoist uh, form. And we've seen it um, with our political leaders. You can see it on Instagram. It, it's definitely hands down the most powerful and popular um, form of, of communism. And, and the reason being, I mean, not only do they really worship Mao and everything that he stood for, but the reason um, that he you know, has this type of following is, is the advancement that he took from Lenin and Stalin and he added race into um, their form of, you know, fascism and oppression. He added race into it. And that had not been uh, done before, to my knowledge. Well, it was perf- that's perfect for America, really, considering our history. So, yeah, it's definitely the most popular form of fascism and communism out there. So when you're when we're looking at um, Black Lives Matter, we're looking at uh, the radical L. LGBTQ LMNOP movement, um, uh, the, the more the more caustic of the radical left, they're trying to execute a form of Maoism here in the United States. You know, d- uh, definitely. I mean, I, I see it um, at the University of Texas. Um, I see it on the streets. Um, there are posters and graffiti everywhere. And, and really, OK, I realize that one person can do a lot of damage. But here's the thing. This is this is one of the things I saw very early on, Frank, that is a problem, okay? People will dismiss these street groups as dumb kids and idiots or that they're just one particular group. No, this is nationwide and they are very organized And they know exactly what they're doing because they are constantly educating themselves. They are a community. They are like a church and they are constantly educating themselves. And this is their um, ideology that they are clinging to. Boy, that brings up a a notion that, um, you know, in the in the 50s and in the 60s and getting into the 70s and and maybe partially into the 80s, but in the 70s, it started to wane. You had a, a very big presence in the communities for religion, for, for the churches. People went to worship on Sundays, people, or if you were Jewish and before then, you know, um, uh, it played a larger part in, in our society. And with that move away from organized religion, it seems that the radical left has chosen a religion for itself. It definitely has, and and they've definitely saw a advantageous platform with the LGBTQ uh, community, and to the point where, and I didn't know this until we had the legislative session 
here in Austin, but there are 400 gender clinics in the United States. And you can prescribe puberty blockers for a two-year-old. You can do a double mastectomy on a 13-year-old. But you as a psychiatrist cannot prescribe an antidepressant. It's a felony. Unbelievable. It's a federal federal felony. So our psychiatrists are very upset about this. You know, we can't treat these kids that have gender gender dysphoria with... um, you know, mental health, but we can mutilate their bodies. I mean, this is incredible. So the drag queen story time, mm-hmm. uh, the LGBTQ narrative, I mean, it's like a full, a full court press. And this is definitely a part of the Marxist movement to yeah. just, you know, whether if, you know, if you want to say it's to destroy our children which is also something that, you know, masking and everything that's happening in our schools. I mean, we are so advanced in the problems that we have in this country. But isn't it interesting how all of a sudden it just popped out into the public sphere and now it's everywhere and we are underwater trying to fight it? Boy, it's a, and I, I had said this today on uh, this morning on Matt Bruce's show on Salem. It's as if they didn't pick one avenue in our society to execute Cloward Piven on. They are doing it from every vantage point to overload every kind of system that we have from a 365 degree angle. And that's what's got most of the people throwing up their hands going, I don't know what I can do to combat it. Oh, it's overwhelming, right? It's overwhelming. And so, but we're going to, we're going to get there. I mean, it's, it's kind of cool to see how people have uh, honed their skills and honed their narratives and their messaging and the research um, just in the last, in the last year. And, you know, I have hope that we can beat it because I think, you know, because we are smarter than, than, the, than they are. You know, it looks like Biden to me is definitely on the ropes. Kamala Harris is nowhere to be found. Seems like she is on the on the ropes as well. But, you know, that remains to be seen if we will be able to undo all this damage that has been has been done. Her name is Lauren Gamel Morris. She is the CEO of the Centrist Project. And uh, I believe it's uh, the centristproject.org. Yes, that's us. Okay. Be sure to check it out. Get involved. Arm yourself with the facts, the truth, uh, information. Information is power. And when you understand a subject better than than the person that uh, you're debating or, or that you're uh, respectfully confronting on things, that's when you win points. And a lot of times you can get people to say, I didn't know that and start giving their viewpoints uh, some extra scrutiny instead of just blindly believing it. Uh, Lauren, I want to thank you again for coming on. And as we move forward in this battle, we will be sure to uh, to ring your doorbell and ask you to come on and, and, and share your knowledge with us. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be right back. Andy and I are going to talk a little bit about China and how they're going to try and, uh, well, just by the United States. Uh, you're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. Uh, we'll be right back after this.
handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 